Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Black and Bird Show. We're back, but we're going to be gone next week. <laughs> but we told them that that was what was going to happen. We shared. Well, we didn't have a show last week, so we didn't tell anybody last week, because we didn't do a show last week. So we might have said that we were going to be back, and then we were gone, and back, and then gone, and back. And yeah. We're, we're going to be doing this for a little bit. It, it is... Things happen. I think our goal is to have a show every week in the month of July. I think it's an admirable goal. We'll see if we get there. So last week, though. I think our tagline is going to have to change to, this is your semi-regular bloke in the bird show. Have them when we can get them? (laughs) I don't know. Anyway, last week, the reason why we, we... did not have a show last week is uh took the weekend to head up to the sancio indycar grand prix yes and And if you're wondering who sancio is um so are we yeah we were there i i I saw the the videos um that they were airing at the track that was who is sancio and i still don't really know who they are some kind of car protection of some sort. I just don't understand why you'd want them. I don't know. <clears throat> I, I, I don't know. But we were there. It was the Road America race for IndyCar. It was what we could see of it. It was a good race. And I say that only because um, we camped out, which we, we tend to camp out. But we camped out um, in a couple of Well, we camped out actually really at the start-finish straight. Yeah. Um, a lot of action had happened. Um, a lot of attempts at passing that did not go well. Resulted, there were what four red, four yellow flags or five yellow flags. Sorry, in IndyCar, it's full course yellow. Yes, we don't get um, a safety car. We get a full course yellow. <clears throat> I don't remember anymore. Um, we didn't even make it past the first three laps without having two full course yellows true true um however that was not the most eventful thing that happened at the track that weekend and it was probably not aired on national television because they don't necessarily air the junior races true it, it was not you'd have to watch the video coverage for the indie light series where and i did not catch the driver it was race I didn't two. Know you were going to go there. It was race two that happened the Sunday morning before the IndyCar race, and the race should have concluded before IndyCar started. And instead, it was well, there were two full course yellows, and in an outright red flag after one of the drivers clipped a sausage curb. I want to say at the entrance to turn seven, but I could be wrong. Uh, launched the car up into the catch fence and pulled down the catch fence. Now, he's okay. He walked away from from the incident, Um, unlike in some of the other crashes where cars have been launched into the catch fence. The the car stayed fairly level. Well, it was was nose up. It was in the air. It was nose up, Um, but it was... The, lo- the front and lower portion of the car that hit as opposed to the top of the car that hit the fence. And that's what we've seen in a lot of these other incidents. Right. 
Um, yeah, it was very dramatic. We didn't see it live. We saw it on the video cameras because we were at the start finish straight, not where it happened. Um, but it was pretty dramatic. Um, it was on lap 10. That's a 20 lap sprint. I can tell you that because immediately after the IndyCar race, we're like, we looked down the pit lane and we're mm-hmm. like, huh, there's some cars lined up. I wonder what they're going to do. Cause there was a race that was after yeah. that was already planned. I wonder what they're doing. Oh wait, that's the other 10 laps of the Indy lights race. Well, that was, they started the race and we thought it was supposed to be the radio cup. And the cars go whipping by, and I'm going, those aren't the radio cars. No. <laughs> that, that was... Uh, Wait a minute. That's Stingray Rob. What the... <laughs> yeah. That was that was lights. Um, but it was very interesting that that was the way it was done. I kind of thought that the Indy Lights drivers were thinking that they had a very long race interrupted by an Indy car race. Yeah, kind of. <laughs> um, we did get to, to see Stingray Rob, like... We were an arm's length away from him as he was getting ready to do a post-race interview. And you nearly ran over Rena BK. So there we go. I didn't run over him. I didn't say you did. I said you nearly ran over Rena BK. No. Or Renus's his dad. dad. It was Renus's dad. Yeah. Wasn't my fault. He wasn't looking where he was going. Yeah. Um... But we, you will be very, our listening public will be very proud to hear that I did not run afoul of any of the security at Road America for stalking any former F1 driver. But you did get a picture with Tatiana Calderon. I did. It will never be published because you are a horrendous photographer. Okay, then. It is not a flattering photo of either Tatiana or me. Okay, um, we'll we'll leave that there. Whatever. Um, anyway, <laughs> but other than that, we we did not go on a driver hunt. Well, we didn't. Um, it was uh, we were there Friday. It was very hot on Friday, so we wandered around when it was a little quieter. Um, Saturday, it was spitting rain and cold. And yeah. it just wasn't comfortable to really be out surfing around for drivers. And um, on Sunday, it became glaringly obvious that if we moved, we were going to lose our seats. So we yeah. kind of stayed put to cold our seats. Um, and that was that was the critical thing. And to be very frank and honest, there were a couple of young 20-somethings that were e-racers <laughs> that were also in the same box with us. Um, and we refused to give up our seats to them. Well, I mean, I was nice when you <clears throat> went up to the roof to go get video of the flag guy who was dramatically awesome. Yes. Um, I did let one of the guys, I think mean, he's up, upstairs for as long as he's gone. You can sit in the chair. But, um, and so he didn't sit on a step and get tripped over. But they were really stalking some of the drivers and... Quite frankly, part of my desire to not stalk them was sort of a reaction to, they're obnoxious. I don't want to be that. So, yeah. Okay. I do regret not hopping out of the car when you nearly hit Renus BK's dad um, and getting a picture with Renus again. Because I do have a picture with me and Renus. I told you to when you said no. No, you. we had already left and you said, I'm surprised you didn't. 
And I, I do regret not doing that. But anyway, their box was just down the hall from our box. Yes. So. Anyway. So, you know, overall, and, and I think we said this last year too, um, really impressed with the facilities up at Road America. Mm-hmm. It is a really nice track. Um, encourage anybody who is interested in any of the open wheel racing to go or any racing for that matter because they hold quite a few series up there um, they've got the WeatherTech IMSA series NASCAR is up there now which is a new thing for them and a lot um, of complaining that NASCAR I, I was going to say um, some people are excited by it and others are like yeah I wish they never came mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> best gift shop at a track I've seen I think they're probably pretty close Monterey is the other one I think at Laguna Seca um, their shop, if I remember correctly, is also pretty good too. But yeah, they've got a really good, and more than that, the staff is really nice over there. Because I think this is the the second time or the third time out of the four times that we've been there that you've bumped into the manager who's like, "Oh yeah, you need to check this thing out. It's really cool. I just got this." <laughs> <laughs> they are they are very cool. And the thing I like about their gift shop, if I'm reviewing their gift shop, um, is it's not just the uh, tropey race fan gear. Yeah. Um, yes, there's a lot of t-shirts and sweatshirts and jackets that all have Road America logos on it. Um, and there's a lot of tongue-in-cheek things that are there that are fun, that are racy. But, for example, this year I got a laptop bag. And not... It's, that doesn't say Road America. That doesn't say Road America. And it's not a checkered flag. <laughs> but it's a really nice... and. You know, quite frankly, I it, it does. It has a racing stripe on it. Mm-hmm. So it has that race feel, but it's not overtly cartoony racing. And I like that. I like that they think broader than just the the stock and standard. You know, it's not a, a wall of hats or something. Yeah. Actually, there's very few hats there. But, um, yeah, and... and we also encouraged another patron to buy a keychain for his wife that said uh, adulthood is just uh, Googling, looking up things and Googling it. Yeah. Looking and, up things on Google. Yeah. Um, he saw it and laughed and said, I have to get that for my wife. And I said, my work here is done. <laughs> um, so there's that. Um, so it was it was a good weekend. Um, thoroughly enjoyed that area of Wisconsin's really kind of cool. Uh, we also went to visit the newly opened visitor center at Johnsonville, <laughs> home of Johnsonville um, brats and sausages. Umpteen bazillion brats and sausages. <clears throat> Apparently, that is a location where you can get every variety of their brats and sausages. Something like eighty-six. Now, if you were thinking you were going to go there and taste any of their varieties, you were going to leave hungry. As we did. Yeah. Which was very sad because I think they really missed an opportunity there. Mm-hmm. I mean, this was the opportunity that we could have had a brat fresh off the line. I know. A day fresh brat I could have been a part See? of. As opposed to the day fresh beer that we got off of the, the, the Budweiser. day fresh Bud Light, yeah. <laughs> Thank you, Anheuser-Busch. It's not nearly as exciting as you think. <laughs> oh, but people were so excited I for know. it. Well, that's because it was free beer. Oh, but 
but it was free Bud Light. <laughs> anyway, um, back away from my snobbery, um, a day fresh brat would have been an awesome plan. Um, really think they missed their market marketing. Um, thinking about possibly just sending them a note, like, hey, you might want to talk to your marketing people. Um, but I think, you know, somebody firing up a grill and, you know, getting that good brat smell going, they would have sold some food. They would have. They should have been. I mean, th- that's the thing. You do it like you don't just prep them and have them sitting there because let's also face it. The Johnsonville, Johnsonville, Wisconsin, home of the Johnsonville factory, is three quarters of a mile from the middle of nowhere in Wisconsin. You think it's three quarters of a mile? I thought it was a solid mile from the middle of nowhere. All right, it, it may be a little bit further than... The, from, find the middle of nowhere and then go even further nowhere. Well, in, in particular, you have to find the middle of nowhere, Wisconsin. True. Because we don't want to get that middle of nowhere confused with, say, the middle of nowhere, Iowa. Well, yeah, but that's kind of all of Iowa, isn't it? Anyway, moving right along. <laughs> <laughs> so... As a result of all of that and everything that was going on, we didn't see the race in Azerbaijan. I heard we missed some things. We missed some things? Yeah. I, I heard it was fairly eventful. There was stuff that happened. Um, but yeah, we, we didn't see any of it. We did watch the race this weekend. We'll get to that in a bit. But the big news this week, and it came out, and, and it's part of the reason why there's a little bit of frustration. So we've heard for the last couple of weeks Drivers in particular, although a couple of teams have been saying, you know, the the rules that we've got in place, we got to do something about the porpoising. We got we got to make some changes to the error rules so that we can address the porpoising issue. It's getting bad, and it was particularly bad in Azerbaijan with Lewis Hamilton complaining about back pain and having problems getting out of the car. But we've heard from other drivers. We've heard it from Carlos Sainz. We've heard it from. It's not Pierre, just an old man problem. Yeah, we've we've heard it from Pierre Gasly, and we've heard it from quite a few drivers that the the porpoising in the car, there are concerns about long term health impacts to the drivers that maybe this is not a good thing. Now it's not universal across the grid, because Red Bull's been like, yeah, we're not having any problems, no mm-hmm. issues here, we don't care. Um, but it's not universal. So, but there's been this drumbeat of we need to make changes to the rules. To So this week, and it happened on like Wednesday. Now, keep in mind, teams were in route to Montreal when this was released. The FIA released a technical directive on the porpoising issue. Okay. So... What they have said, and, and the claim is that they, they've responded quickly to the drivers on the grounds of safety. Um, essentially what they're going to do, and they have not figured out all of the standards just yet, but number one is the technical directive gave teams permission to add a second floor stay to... Uh, the car to prevent flexing of the floor. Okay. So one of the things, and and we know it's particularly bad on the Mercedes, is they've discovered that the edges of the floor, even though it's it's 
as the car goes faster on the straight in particular, the floor flexes a little bit and it, that increases the downforce that the car is experiencing. So it pulls the car down, which sounds great. You know, you get a little more downforce while, while, when your speed is coming up. So it's not slowing the car down. The problem is the floor is flexing enough that it pulls the car down. It, sl it bottoms the car out on the road, which is the jarring that the drivers are feeling. And after it jars out, the essentially it's aerodynamic stalling. So the, the force that was pulling the car down stops and the car pops back up again. And it's up and down and up and down as you, you, it stalls, then it, it gets the, the, uh, the drag again, pulls it back down again, up and down. So the technical directive gave teams permission to add a second floor stay to try and stiffen the edges of the floor to stop that flexing and stop that, that suction from be, getting created. There's a problem though. Technical directives aren't rules. Okay. So Thursday, Mercedes slapped another set of floor stays on the car. They already had one. They slapped the second one on there and they ran it Friday. Oh, they were talking about how badly they ran on Friday. Yeah, well, that was something different. So Friday, that wasn't the only thing that was done. There were, and I think only George got the second floor stay. They also made changes to general setup, which is what Lewis was complaining about. And they were doing a lot of experiments on setup and nothing was working. Mm. But the floor stays, the teams looked at all the other teams and said, um, yeah, if Mercedes runs this, we're, we're going to protest the car. Because the rules say one floor stay. The technical directive is not a rule. Oh, my word. Technical directives have been used to clarify existing rules. But it's not a rule. So they were going to challenge the car. And probably, even Mercedes thought that probably they would have they had grounds on that one. Mm. Because it was... A change in, but there was also complaints over the fact that how is it that Mercedes was ready for this since the technical directive came out while everybody was traveling? How is it Mercedes was ready with the new floor stays the very next day at the track? 3D printing. Well, th that's the question. Brackley worked through the night and sent the plans and said, here, print. Yeah. That, that that's kind of what I'm wondering the other thought is possibly they knew what they could do if they could get permission for another floor they already had the plan in place that they could roll it out but that was one of the issues there so from Canadian Grand Prix um, the technical directive said they could do this which got shot down the other thing that the technical directive said that they could do which we haven't heard that anybody's tried yet is they can increase the thickness of the edges of the floor to stiffen them up. So that was that piece. The other thing, and this is they're gathering data on because what they want to do is they want to look at the amount of, as it says, vertical accelerations is how it's worded in the technical directive. Basically, how much bouncing a car is doing. They want to regulate it. 
Okay. So it's this idea of they want to figure out what is an acceptable amount of movement and anything more than that they want to regulate. And the requirement is either you figure out how to stop it or you have to raise the height of your car. And they want to set a minimum height to set to, for the car to ride. And if the teams turn around and say, oh, well, you know, that's too low for our car to work and for performance reasons and all these other pieces, we can't go, we can't set it at that minimum height, then it has to be 10 centimeters above what they're currently running. Okay. They don't know what that metric is going to be just yet. Um, they're going to use, and they've invited the teams to comment and to take a look at it. They're going to use, I guess, existing sensors on the car to measure the movement to figure out how that works. So, you know, we heard all the drivers saying, yeah, we want, you guys got to do something. We've heard some of the teams saying something's got to happen. So, yeah, this came out and all the teams were like, yes, we should do this, right? No, of course not. As a matter of fact, not only was it no, of course not. Everybody looked at this and just about everybody, with the exception of one team, looked at it and went, whoa, 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 whoa. Not that. Whoa. We wanted you to do something, but not that. Yeah. So all of a sudden now, with the exception of Mercedes, everybody's gone, well, the, the, the porpoising and the bouncing, it's not that bad. <laughs> really, it, it's really not as big a deal as you might think it is. And really, it's only one team that really has an issue with this. And, and of course, Red Bull is one of the first ones out there going, you haven't had a problem with porpoising. Why are you changing the rules? And, and this is a fair comment. from, from their, and, and I agree with where they're coming from here. Of You know, you're going to change the rules. We haven't had any issues Toro Rosso hasn't had any issues. How is this going to affect our performance and how we're doing? And is this now all of a sudden we're going to change the rules to give everybody else a leg up in the series? Okay, but wait. That is DNA of Formula One. Well, it's it's not just that, but you look at, what was it, 2012, 2013? when everybody was complaining about the tires and how fragile the tires were and red bull was one of the loudest who was saying these tires are no good we've got to do something we've got to make a change it's unsafe you've got to do something and we get what halfway through the season and the fia looks at pirelli and goes you need to change these tires and they change out the tires to make them more durable. And all of a sudden, Red Bull goes and runs away with the series. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it's it, it's not like they haven't benefited from one of these moves before. Well, I was going to say, how many times have they turned around and looked over the last eight years at something that Mercedes got right? Mm-hmm. And suddenly, oh, well, we got we to gotta fix that. They're doing too good. Yeah. So... That's where it started. Now, apparently Saturday night, this past weekend, the team owners, or not the team owners, the team principals had a meeting at Montreal to discuss this with the FIA. And worded is it was extremely contentious. No, really. 
But it was, from what it sounds like, extremely contentious from the perspective of Toto Wolf was going after everybody. Really? Because basically everybody else was like, why are you changing this? This is not what we're asking for. This is not what we need. Change the rules for 23 to address it. There's not a safety concern that we need to change the rules this year, mid-stride, mid-season. They're in support of changing it for 23. We're not in support of changing it partway through the year. Mm-hmm. And Total Wolf is went after folks. Oh, I mean, fairly brutally. I mean, he said that um, in F1, we need to protect ourselves. Everybody's chasing performance, and many teams didn't like the cost cap and tried to fight against it or fight regulations that they deem to be counterproductive for their own purposes. Now we have a situation that the way the cars have been designed, they are ground effect cars. And he says that there's a health issue for the drivers. And we cannot just leave it to the teams to say, well, it's up to you to judge. We can already see that drivers have been pretty vocal about the pain and the blurred vision and suddenly are less talkative about it. And that shows that all the teams have to be protected from themselves by regulatory change. Mm. Yeah. Um, Mercedes did remove the second floor stay. Okay. That went away. Um, But, like I said, the team bosses were upset over the timing. The question as to why this is being done mid-season. The question as to why it was released before, so close to the Canadian Grand Prix that nobody had a chance to to even comment on it. Mm -hmm. This wasn't released for comment. This, This just came out and said, Hey, yeah, we're doing this. We're making this change. Um, he Toto Wolf actually accused team principals in a meeting of behaving in a pitiful way, as he put it. Yeah. Um, yeah, they, they, they are not happy at all about this. We don't think at this point it's going to change a whole lot. Now, they have agreed to a follow-up meeting uh, before the British Grand Prix to discuss potential other solutions here. Okay. Um, but one thing I did notice this weekend was the terminology shift. And I, I heard it in particular, and it was, I, I want to say it was, um, I want to say it was David Croft who pointedly made a change that we were seeing bouncing and not porpoising. Interesting. There's a reason for that. Why? And this this is what we think may have, have changed in the last couple of weeks with several of the teams. Is So porpoising is exactly that. It's that effect of the, like we mentioned, the car getting sucked down and bouncing back up as it stalls and, and, and that kind of a thing. But the other piece of the rules is that between the new tires and the other aerodynamic tweaks is that the suspension of the cars is much stiffer. We knew this. As a result of the suspension on the cars being stiffer, the cars are much rougher off the curbs. Mm -hmm. Um, They're much rougher on the road tracks and the bumpier tracks. 
So the bouncing, the claim is the bouncing that we're seeing is the cars and the hard suspension on the corners and on the curbs and on the bumps of the tracks. And that's a completely different phenomenon. Oh, interesting. Yeah. And that's also one of the other... Th- so so for Ferrari in particular, it's one of the teams that they're talking about is the issue isn't that it's porpoising, is that it's bouncing because of how stiff the suspension is. Now, I question that when you watch them go down the straights. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it, and, and I'm reminded in particular of Australia because it was so dramatic that we saw it there. You could actually see the, the suspension compressing. The, I can't imagine the road is that bumpy that the entire length of a straight, it's going to be that violent. Yeah. I could be wrong. But didn't Australia just repave? They had. So probably not that bumpy, but... Yeah. So, and and at this and that's Christian Horner at this point. That That's his position is, you know, his feeling is the flaw that mercedes in particular has he doesn't he thinks it's inherent in the design of the car and a rule change isn't going to fix the problem for them some of that is the arrow issue and the lack of the side pod and we talked about this in the last show that we think that that and and we're hearing theories that that no side pod design has compromised the rigidity of that floor mm-hmm. And that's magnifying the problem for them over anybody else. But we also know their suspension is extremely stiff. And they've been talking about that. Warner says that he thinks that's the problem. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a valid point. That that may be the problem for them. Further leading on to it is comments that can't... Well, one is the performance that we actually saw from Mercedes on Sunday. Right. And it ties back to what we saw in Barcelona. And everybody noticed in Barcelona, everybody was saying, this is a different car. It's not bouncing. It's not porpoising. It's it's still slower than everybody else. But all of the handling characteristics that everybody complained about with this car seem to have gone away. We saw something very similar this weekend with the Mercedes. The porpoising seems to have gone. Toto Wolf said post race to apparently Danica Patrick, we have solved the porpoising issue. Oh. Not the bouncing issue, but they solved the porpoising issue. Okay. So that seems to make some sense there. How they're going to fix the bouncing, I don't know. Toto Wolf did also acknowledge. And this was something that they swore up and down they couldn't do. He acknowledged to Danica Patrick that they raised the height of the car and the porpoising went away. Yeah. But they said that that was the solution for the porpoising, but you would lose speed. Mm-hmm. And they swore up and down that they couldn't do it because the performance hit was going to be too high. The only thing I can think of at this point is either they've realized that there's nothing that they can do with the lower ride height and they had to raise it up and naturally when they raised it up it fixed everything or they realized that well if you just raise it up you're not going to lose nearly as much as you think you are or maybe there's another tweak to give them power to overcome what you lose in the ride height and and that may be 
if they think that they've got, you know, some kind of engine change that they can do. I mean, granted, we had in this particular race, we had uh, one Red Bull and one Ferrari that were not contenders at the top end because Mm -hmm. uh, one had an engine failure. He's got reliability issues. Um, But, you know, Leclerc was completely out of position. But Mercedes finished third and fourth. Yeah. So if, let's pretend, Perez and Leclerc were in their right positions... They would have probably been fifth and sixth um, because they're still behind Red Bull and Ferrari, but they're coming up on, they're nipping at Ferrari's heels pretty hard. I got to wonder whether or not, given the performance we saw out of the Mercedes, if one of them could have passed Perez Mm -hmm. if he had stayed in the race. I don't know. Yeah. So, well, I mean, Maybe they can now. I mean, we we said this, what after uh, after Barcelona that maybe they had this sorted out and they can start working on performance. Maybe now we can start saying it. I don't know. I I'm not going to go so far as to say Mercedes has this look. I'm not going to no, say that. No, I, I think that back. that's that's a that's a premature statement. Um, as much as you and I are also talking lately, that you think Ferrari has just absolutely screwed up the strategy well, I, I i was going to get to that first you know it, it, it's that reminder that this is canada and it's a first time back to canada in two years and while canada can produce some dull races there's usually something that happens that that is interesting amusing noticeable and, and this year i mean it was no exception but previous years we, we've had groundhogs get hit we, we've had all kinds of stuff. Let's let's remember 2016. He's not breaking for animals. You should give him a hard time because of that. What was that all about? Two I heard seagulls. that seagulls. Yeah, Two seagulls. Turn one. I think I feel like you're using the sea. I feel I feel that they were innocent. Yeah, but I am a racing driver, so I have to find some sort of excuse. Why? Yeah, he why lo- the hell he, you he looked, me today? I saw you look up, and then the seagulls did then I, the I move. Know, I have my eyes into turn one, and I saw this stupid couple of seagulls <laughs> sitting there, all relaxed. I'm coming. Hey man, it was planned. You know, my car you know, is you know, it's I'm, like easy to you know see. I'm good with animals, right? It doesn't blend in like yours. I'm, you know, like it's Dr. easy to Doolittle. see. I told them to be there, and they were there. And <laughs> we've had we've had our boys in VT check it. They say they couldn't see anything. <laughs> Honestly, <laughs> the invisible seagull. No, no it's white not doves. invisible. Well, well, I don't know. Turtle Whatever. Doves. White birds. <laughs> it wasn't a pigeon. It was a seagull. I okay. could see the beak. The problem's usually groundhogs here, though. Yeah. Know their names, but they were there. You saw them as well. <laughs> Lewis Hamilton is Snow White, who can speak to the animals. Yes. Yes. So, I mean, there, there's always something notable. Um, this year, yeah, it was. I mean, just walking into the weekend and finding out that surprise we've got another engine change for Ferrari and Charles Leclerc is starting at the back of the grid and and we are now not even halfway through the season and they're taking engine penalties and you know trying to follow and and all the years that we've been following Formula One it's now been 10 years because we started watching Formula One in 2012 Mm -hmm. all the years in Formula One this is the first year that we've ever been supporting Ferrari and rooting Ferrari. And in supporting and rooting Ferrari this year, all I can say, you know, here we are, what, race eight? 
this has got to be what it's been like for the last hundred and something years to be a Cubs fan. <laughs> because you're sitting here and you're watching all the stars line up and everything that can happen. And here comes Ferrari all of a sudden wrestling defeat from the jaws of victory. You know, in the Cubs defense, <laughs> they did win the World Series. Once. And all of those other years, making it all the way to the World Series, how many times when everything should have gone their way and they still throw it away? Well, yeah, it was 104 years until they got the, the series win. And then they got their one and they're right back to where they were. So, yeah. Th- this but is the Indians didn't get one. Trying to root for Ferrari. This has got to be what it's like to be a Cubs fan. I, I, I feel you. Trust me. Cubs fans are the most optimistic people that have ever walked the face of the earth. Ferrari fans have had years and years of victories. They're the, Schum- they're the glory days of the Schumacher years when everything was red. But those were the last years. Has yeah. not happened since. Just remember... They get paid more than anybody, regardless of where they fall they in do. the standings. They do. Despite the fact that they haven't shown up in 20-something years. And, you know, what's amazing is you watch what happened this week. And, and, and again, like so many times this season, you look at the, you see the potential of what should have happened and what they threw away. So Charles Leclerc starts the race from last Mm -hmm. because of an engine change and he ends up despite getting there was a a screw up he had a slow pit stop he got stuck behind a drs train he got one or two other things that held him up and he ends the race the race in fifth i know in montreal i know think about how much ferrari threw away yet again Mm mm-hmm so word is Carlos Sainz and his struggle to, to overtake Max. The car was faster. Mm-hmm. We definitely saw it was faster than Max. What we think is that this actually does come down to the difference in the cars and the rear grip that the cars have. And that Max has just that much more rear grip than the Ferraris have, or at least Carlos was experiencing with um the ferrari that's interesting that's very because it was he was able to get off the turns just a touch faster to be able to keep that gap open yeah but yeah shocking weekend for mercedes where you know everybody walked in after lewis's comments on friday of this car is undrivable and nothing we do to this car makes it any better and all of a sudden, it's he's one of the fastest cars on the track on Sunday. Tell me, as a Lewis fan, how much your heart soared when Bono got on the radio to Lewis and said, Lewis, your time is equal to the top, mm-hmm. the front runners. You're running with the front runners. You're running up there. Now, keep going. I mean, that just made my heart get big. It was like, oh, Lewis, finally. Finally. I mean, he ended up, what, five... Granted, there was a safety car that that bunched things up a bit, but he ended up, what, 
seven five seconds. seconds seven seconds off the the, the back mm-hmm. given what we've seen this year that's kind of huge yeah. and then there's george russell <laughs> who again top five every single race this this season yep i mean yes it's not the podiums he was expecting and it's not the wins he's expecting but holy cow he's doing great they hand him a good car um lewis might end up being a number two driver no 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 No. he he is ahead of lewis in the standings he is which i know is, is is shocking but lewis has had a run of bad luck um but let's look at the totality of his career lewis is still the goat now we we just gotta focus so other things going on in the grid so lewis once again got into a little bit of a tangle with kevin magnuson yeah a lot less than last time um there was some frustration from haas over the black and orange flag that kevin received oh well yeah but he had a wing damage he had a wing damage but it was an end plate that was flapping that's all it was and and in all honesty we've seen cars run with flapping end plates before and not get called in and not have anything happen according to alpine okay so magnuson coincidentally and i say coincidentally with air quotes magnuson got shown his black and orange flag and black and orange flag is you have damage to your car you need to come in and get it repaired for safety reasons um and it's a requirement that you have to come in um ocon radioed to the team and said hey magnuson's got stuff flapping guys might want to you know something they should do something let somebody know yeah let somebody know and alpine has said that he was kind of joking around he wasn't really serious about it but after that happened the flag comes out so magnuson's ticked off over the fact that you know a driver was able to influence flags being shown to other drivers oh normally i'd say kevin's kind of whining and he should just suck it up and move on given some of the things that we've seen this season it's hard for me to say that that wasn't what happened Mm. i can see that yeah you think about it i can see that um there was the mclaren double stack pit stop that went really bad yeah so started off bad for for ricardo with a slow pit stop then lando comes in and well actually we'll let lando talk about his race today there was also a really bad pit stop for you it was for you for yep. you yeah yep. what happened on that no idea there was no tires <laughs> we saw that was a problem because you yeah. need tires to yeah. run a car so <laughs> yeah i don't know I'm, I'm not too sure the team will uh, tell me after okay uh what was the biggest problem today on the pace, pace. grip and speed so basically everything. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pretty much everything. Thank you, Lando. Thank you. So yeah, Lando summed it up fairly well. I think that was almost as insightful as Nico Rosberg telling us how he needed to win the championship a few years ago. Just beat Lewis. <laughs> mm. Deep thoughts with Rosberg. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
Although I would give Lando points on Rosberg for deep and insightful. I mean, what was the problem with the pit stop? Tires. You need tires to run the car. Yeah. That was actually <laughs> deeper it than was. just beat Lewis. It was. <laughs> it, it was. Yeah, I'll, I'll give you that. Um, yeah. Wow. <laughs> Poor Lando. Now, the good news is that this year, we didn't have this problem again. So everywhere is the f***ing flag, so keep pushing, Jimmy, keep pushing. I couldn't understand that, I'm sorry. That would be Kimi Raikkonen <laughs> complaining over the fact that the checkered flags were out a lap early. Oh, okay, yes. That was one of the models, and, and it wasn't her fault, mm-hmm. but it was one of the models that they allowed to, to wave the checkered flag, and she threw it a lap early. She got excited. No, I, again, was not her fault because when, when they did the investigation, it was the, oh, yeah, the guy told her to wave it early because he didn't check the counter. Got it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I am pretty sure that she was not the epic flag waver that Road America has. She was not. Now, what I don't know, and... and I have to put up the video in our um, on our site of the the finish of well actually we could do a finish and a couple of restarts the animated flag waver on the bridge at the start finish line at at uh, Road America. Now I don't know if this is the same flagger at every track because mm. you know Formula One it, it's typically the same starter. Um, I don't know if that's the same for IndyCar or not. So maybe you would see him at other tracks. But clearly he does not get enough camera time. <laughs> he does not. He needs more camera yes. time. He's... Fascinating to watch him. It really was. I have more video of him than I have of yeah. cars. Yeah. Although great slow motion shots. We you did really good with yeah. the slow motion shots. So other news. You know, we mentioned Australia uh, a little bit ago. Mm-hmm. Um, news came this week that the Australian Grand Prix has signed a calendar or a contract extension with Formula One, guaranteeing that we will have a race in Melbourne through 2035. Yay, that's great. Not just that, but the agreement also states that for uh, five of the uh, for at least five of those years, they're going to have the first race of the season again. Cool. I like that, too. I, I prefer them starting down there. I really do. I don't know what it is, but I prefer them starting down there. I think it's probably just because of the Australian fans and the party that it is compared to Bahrain. Because Bahrain really isn't the party that Australia is. Well, I think that's part of it. And... I wouldn't discount, and I know it's not one that's a very overt reason why I like it in Australia to start off, but it's one that if you think about it, it's probably got some level of merit. Think about where the international date line is. Think about the fact that as you start the season, that's like the earliest point on that day that we can start something. It is. And so there's something about that that's like, it just flipped over the day and 
you've got a Grand Prix. There's something there's something odd that's connected to the fact that it's it, where it is on the world, on the map. That's some of it. But I think the other thing about the Australian Grand Prix compared to, say, Miami is, and, and yes, it, this is one of the few years that we had decent racing and it's a combination of the car and it changes to the track. But... I think the crowd and the the way the the event is run in Australia, it feels very much, from what we can see, as a celebration of Formula One. Mm-hmm. Which, for the first race of the season, that sounds perfect. And it's a celebration. It's not the over-the-top ridiculousness that we got in Miami. Well, yes. So here's the question that I have. And okay. Honest question um, that I don't expect you to be able to answer. When Formula One went to some of these countries for the first time, mm-hmm. like to Australia for the first time, did they double down on all the stereotypes? I have of, no idea. And, and that's why I, I started with, you're not going to be able to answer the question. But my question, our anger and dislike of Miami, it, part of that is this explosion of all of these fairly negative stereotypes of Americans and how they just leaned into it and it was everything that we don't like about the view of Americans worldwide. And I wonder if they did the same thing, and the only reason why we don't see that now is because they've been to that country for so long that it's... It, that sort of played out and it's moved on. So, like they don't do that in CODA necessarily uh, anymore. I'll, I'll, you can actually answer that question if you think about what we've seen in the last couple of years. We went to Portugal. Mm-hmm. First time that, that Formula One had been to Portugal. Or at least first time in decades that Formula One had been to Portugal. We didn't see any of that. Well, what grandiose stereotypes are there of the Portuguese? I'm sure they would have found them. Mm. We went to Qatar. First time Formula One had ever been there. We didn't see any of that stuff. So the answer to your question was, no, that was unique to the U.S. We went to Russia. Russia, we don't see a lot of that. Okay. Even the first year, we didn't see a lot of it. Okay, but I would argue Russia has a lot tighter grip on, like, the propaganda. But in Russia, they did pull out the fur hats. The very, I mean, very stereotypical and thing. They, But the thing is, that I would have been okay with. And I was okay with the, the cowboy hats in Texas. Mm-hmm. I didn't like the football helmets in Miami because... Nobody knew how to put the things on. Well, there was that. That was a little weird. That was very and weird. honestly, the only reason why they were pulling out the football helmets was because they were having to race at Pro Robbie Stadium. Right. And the owner of the Dolphins is the race promoter. Mm-hmm. I mean, that, that it, it, the only reason why they were doing it is because he was promoting the team. Let, let's, let's be honest. It, it, that wasn't even American stereotype. That was just... Shameless plug. But... The, the 
police motorcade and the massive podium and all of the other crap that happened in in Miami that that was Miami being Miami unfortunately yeah I just wonder sometimes if other countries when they're closer to who they are as people um, look at these international sporting events that come in and they do this type of thing um, you know do they have a similar type of reaction and one of the reasons why you can't fully answer that question is you're not a citizen of those other countries to True. be able to say we didn't see that you don't have their perspective okay Azerbaijan's another example and yeah we look at each other and go well, we don't know what the big stereotype is about Azerbaijanis but we didn't see anything they didn't even do some kind of ethnic hat or anything like that. There was nothing. No, I, this is, I think, distinct to Americans and perceptions of American culture is what I think. Some of which Formula One and Liberty Media has, has gone to great pains to exacerbate. I won't say promote. Exacerbate. So, new countries. Yeah. Actually, again, not really a new country, but possibly a return to a previous country. Possibly. Um, there has been increasing talk in the last few weeks of Formula One returning to South Africa and the Kailami uh, racetrack next year. Okay. Um. A lot more interest from several drivers about going down there. Formula One was last in South Africa during apartheid. Okay. And when the sanctions hit to try and end apartheid, um, Bernie Eccleston was one of the ones who agreed with it and pulled the series out of South Africa as in order to you know honor those sanctions and honor the effort to end apartheid. So it sounds like Kyalami is working towards grade one certification. We've heard that several of the race directors have been down there in the last year. Stefano Domenicali was down at Kyalami, was seen at Kyalami this past week, um, and then apparently went to Montreal. There, that was a long flight. Um, yeah. So word is leaning towards a potential return to South Africa. Very cool. Um, other kind of side stuff that, that have happened and we've heard in the last couple of weeks, Sebastian Vettel saying that he would much rather race in Bathurst down in Australia than Las Vegas. Okay. Um, he also made a comment while we were gone um, about, you know, if, if we were going to go some... Formula One was going to go somewhere in the U.S. Why not go to Road America? He'd love the opportunity to drive a Formula One car or to drive a car at, at, at Road America. To which the management at Road America stood up and said, um, Anytime, let us know. <laughs> we'll find a slot. Dude, come on. Anytime, let me know. I can be up there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Ring me. Yeah. 
yeah, he, he apparently uh, folks at Road America are like, yep, we'll, we'll gladly host you at the track. Very cool. Um, Roman Grosjean this year has started racing in ovals, apparently because his kids <laughs> asked him why he wasn't racing ovals. Aww. Yeah. Very cool. So, yeah, that's all that we have this week. I mean, the race was good. It wasn't great. We, mm-hmm. We've had some better races, but for a Canadian Grand Prix, it wasn't that bad. Wow, that's your that's your summary of well for, for a Canadian Grand Prix. It oh, nah, wasn't good. Wasn't bad. Okay, but wasn't it the last? Canadian Grand Prix that we had was the one where um what was it Lance Stroll got in a wreck in lap two and then nothing happened that sounds like all of 2019 wasn't it (laughs) Lance Stroll got in a wreck and nothing happened (laughs) wow (laughs) and on that note well well I was gonna rap but we have an update on the sequels uh oh. In terms of the seagull hunt, the we seagulls. can't find him. I'm, 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 I'm gutted. The parrot is. He, he basically he oh, looked on. up, into, he looked turn up into turn one. Wait. And, and then he went wide. Oh. Yeah, that's the one. There you go. Oh, there. Two oh. seagulls. Two seagulls. You see? <laughs> I had my eyes in so deep into the apex, I looked up. Who so would have thought it? I Honestly. thought it was groundhogs that were issue here. One more look at them. Oh my god, they're, they're so far away. Yeah, but I, mind, mind the animals. Honestly. <laughs> that is good. You, nice. should, you should get a medal for that. That's... Did you see? They stayed. Can you show that again, please? They stayed there. <laughs> That's what really annoyed me. They stayed there. Look, you're looking up already. If I look, there's a red car coming at, I don't know, 100 something. They stayed there. <laughs> I'm not sure they're very clever seagulls, but there you go. Maybe that's <laughs> well, why. That see it coming. If you can catch those two seagulls, you might <laughs> prove the opposite of what you ever found out in history about seagulls. We could continue this all day. I think I might have to buy you a couple of seagulls. I don't think they'll. I don't know if they're white seagulls or whatever. I think you need a couple. But you told me you had some. Uh, the one bird did poo on my my my, my visor right. at one stage. On that yeah. note, Is that right? And on that note, we'll call this show. We are so glad you came. Bye bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye now. Bye. Bye-bye. Remember, please discard all candy wrappers and popcorn containers in the nearest trash receptacle. Thank you. Okay, bye-bye now. Bye-bye. Bye. <laughs> okay. Are they all gone? Uh, is, is, there, is everybody gone? <laughs> huh? Good. Oh my gosh, my cheeks are killing me. I can't keep smiling like this anymore. I am exhausted. I think I need a break. A little break? Okay.